He's Scott. He's Lee. And we are here to save the movies. Episode number six. Robot and Frank. People to say it too, by the way. People oh, say that one part. Wow. It's terrible. Terrible. Your, Amateur your hour. I, it's over. <laughs> it's just... It's been two weeks since we recorded this, so... Five episodes was a good run. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Five perfect episodes. Not many people get that right out of the gate. Well, let's milk this thing until it's done. That's right. Now it's just downhill. What are you looking for? The fan. Oh. Well, this will be edited out. Or not. It doesn't matter. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, it is pretty riveting. (laughs) Will they find the fan remote? Spoiler alert, they do. Oh, that was supposed to be the cliffhanger. Tune in next week. Exactly. <laughs> right. So this week we watched uh, Robot and Frank. Robot and Frank. The first time... Was... Uh... Oh, God. No, you're... No, please. Because I was going to say, it's Scott's suggestion. <laughs> yes, it was my suggestion. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, it's a fun little story about an old man who's struggling with... Um, it seems like dementia or some kind of mental problem. Ill-defined um, memory loss. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. And it's it's the near future, <laughs> as they point out in the film. Which we'll get to in a second, because that's one of my weird pet peeves, but whatever. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Um, so there's there's functional robots. Yeah. So his son brings him a robot to take care of him, Yeah. because uh, he's worried about his dad. Right. Uh, and that's how the movie starts. Right. And I have to admit, I'm not as big a fan of this movie as, as Scott is. I think it's a pretty good movie. I actually liked it more the second time than I expected. I think I liked it a little bit more, I think maybe because I saw some of the metaphor and stuff. Or maybe I made up in my mind the metaphor. <laughs> I guess. I but, think there's intended to be some. Oh, that, yeah. There's definitely. Around. I mean, there's definitely some some ob, some not that subtle metaphor. But you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still good. I really enjoy it. It's, yeah. a, it's a good it's story. A good it's a good solid um, movie. It's got a couple of things going on. Yeah. Namely, technology and like mental decline. Yeah. Um, and it's not one of those uh, anti-robot movies, which are very hard to find. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Most of the time you watch something. That's true. This is more of an Asimov movie than iRobot. Yes, yes. This is very much a, a robots are useful tools movie, which automatically gives this like plus five. It's unusual. Me. It's unusual <laughs> yes. to see a robot movie that they're not out to kill you. Right. Or just mess everything up or get in the way. I mean, that's, you think about it, like, I don't, I know I'm not trying to be like pro robot anti discrimination or whatever, but. <laughs> But like in stories, if there's a robot, it's either the good guy or it's gonna mess you up. And it's never the good guy. It's, no, that's not true. Johnny Five, Short Circuit. All right, the, the exceptions. Uh, I Robot. I Robot had Sonny the robot. He was the good guy. He was a good robot. Every other robot was not. No, they were all neutral. They were all neutral. Evil, evil queen of the robots was the problem, not the robots. The robots were pretty cool dudes. Ayn Rand was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's centralized control. That's, that's the catchphrase. That's the catchphrase for the podcast. Iron Man was right. But mostly robots are depicted as right. soulless killing machines. Right. And like if you find that a character's a robot, it's usually a bad thing. Like Alien. The original yeah. Alien is right, like, right. oh, he's a robot. Oh, you're screwed. Although, interestingly, in Aliens, the robot, uh, Bishop they, they turned that around. Yeah. yeah. So, maybe, maybe, Frank maybe it's not as prevalent. Maybe we just <laughs> do a whole like podcast talking about <laughs> robots. I think we Transformers, are. <laughs> good and bad robots. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, you're saying you didn't enjoy it as much. The first time I, I saw it, it yeah. I was actually on a plane. 
<laughs> oh, really? And I'd never heard of this movie, and I thought, hey, this... Oh. Uh, you know, I was watching it because, you know, yeah. nothing else to do. But I was pleasantly surprised. There's just... I really got into it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see it again. Well, and this one, I saw it in the theater, because I'm cool like that. Um, uh, uh-huh. But this one of those movies that, like, you know, our, our goal is to kind of bring movies' attention. This one isn't... is pretty well regarded by people who see it. But it's pretty obscure for some reason. It just never... It didn't really catch a lot of attention. And I think it's mainly because it's... I think it is an indie film. Yeah, but it's. I think it's also just one of those movies that's kind of hard to categorize because it's not... Like, my problem with when we come up to it is I'm not always real happy with the ending, but I'm also like, I'm not sure what ending you could give it. And I think part of that is we kind of... You know, there's that thing where it's like, is it... Is it... Where does it fit on the spectrum? And I think it fits as sort of a, a thoughtful, sweet film. But I think that's that's kind of a hard... I think people like either pretentious films <laughs> or comedic films or like easily categorized films. And I think this one's a little bit harder to categorize. I think that kind of hurts it. Yeah, that's true. I, I can't picture how else this would have ended. Though. Right, right. Well, like, the robot kills everybody. <laughs> it's just a completely different film for the last 10 minutes. At the last 10 minutes, all the robots go crazy. No, of course they do. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's a... You know what? I don't like that ending. I don't think that ending fits with this movie, but I'd still enjoy it. <laughs> I do like robots not killing people, but I like them also killing people. It's very tough. It's very tough, this line I draw. But like when I wrote my novel, The Automatic Detective, again, plug, boop. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to write was I wanted to write the robot that doesn't want to be a human, but also doesn't want to kill all the humans. And that was a big inspiration for that novel. Um, and I think, again, this movie is unique in that it has robots. And they're tools, and they're user-friendly, but they're not meant to be... It's not like... It doesn't ask the question about whether like they're aware, Sentient. free will. It's not a metaphor for slavery. It's not It's not a metaphor for like technology going out of control. It's just aspect of technology in the future, of the near future of the story. And I think it works fine. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an unusual treatment of robots. Yes. Uh, in that they don't... They're not self-actualizing. Or well, and it's not like a dissection. It's not a dissection of technology. You. you know, right. I mean, a lot of times they use those for metaphors for technology. And, and it gets really, it's really, you think about how unusual it is to see a movie that has like the future. And that's not really essential to it. In this case, it's essential because the robot is sort of a metaphor for Frank's relationship with his memory and stuff. Which is important. But it's not, it's unusual to see somebody like, I want to set something in the future and it's going to have robots. But it's not about all those I mean, like, Westworld just came out, the new... Like, the original Westworld movie is all about, hey, robots are cool. Oh, wait, they're going to kill you. <laughs> right. And then um, Westworld, the TV show now, comes out, and it's all about robots are cool, but are we enslaving them? And so it's common metaphor to use, and this one isn't about that. And I think some people can get confused a little bit by that. Right. I agree. Um, it is about technology to some extent. Yeah. I mean, it's not really the focus of it, like no, you're saying. No. Yeah. But I think they do make some some comments about technology mm-hmm. that I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mainly that the robots are as anthropomorphized as we make them. Basically. Well, and also other little aspects of the technology, I think is that the future will be different technologically, but still the same. Right. Without being like, cause they're, it's not a common, but like a dehumanizing aspect of technology, even the, the library stuff. Well, let's, we're going to get into the plot in a little bit. So we'll stop right here. Keep, but uh, let's talk about the good things we like and the bad things we like, and then we'll do our actually longer in-depth <laughs> discussion yeah. of the movie. Well, on that note, before we get into that, yeah. I liked the, the future they presented. 
they showed some technology that doesn't yeah. exactly exist. Right. But aside from that, it's just kind of like small town. Right. <laughs> USA somewhere. Yeah, and it wasn't like... <laughs> everyone's on the rocket boots. People weren't wearing rings for yeah. clothes. <laughs> There's that weird hairstyles. <laughs> there were some weird hairstyles. They put in just enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's kind of like, oh, that'd unfamiliar, be... Unfamiliar, yeah. but... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that, yeah. These, these people are still living a normal life. <laughs> right, right. It's not like... It's not gonna... This movie's not gonna age badly in the sense that... Since it's sort of like in the future, but not really... It's not like when they do it too much and then you're like, well, it looks kind of stupid. Which is why they put the near future. Right, the near future, which is just, which is really now just with robots. That's what the near future is. So, uh, uh, so best thing. What's your best thing, Scott? So, there's a bunch of times in this movie where the robot says that he's not a person because he has to keep reminding Frank that he's not a person. (laughs) Because Frank's assigning like human traits to him. Um, Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that, that part of it. And it's clear that you don't. No, no, I like fully that see why, but yeah, um, yeah. it's just it's so unusual to see that in a movie. Well, <laughs> because, I mean, it's, yeah, like we were saying, the robots usually are assigned some personality, of right? Some sort. Right. If you give Even them, it's, well, it's interesting there. because the robot has a personality in a sense because it, it learns and interacts with the character. Right. But at the same time, it's not really what what the question becomes is motivation. My yes. friend, I have a friend, and he talks about this over, and we'll get to that. But one of the things that's true is. What really separates, he feels, is is motivation. When, like, if a machine has a goal, <laughs> then you suddenly do have something that... I mean, even, like, animals, like, you might argue whether they're as sentient as us, we probably successfully say we're more, but they still have goals, they still do things on their own. Right. Versus, like, a machine... Like, if I, if I turn my computer on and leave it running, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't want to do anything. It doesn't get bored... It doesn't, when I come home, my computer's not like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, man, I missed you so much. Let's play some World of Warcraft. No, computer, I don't feel like it right now. Oh, man. You don't feel bad for being right. alone all day. <laughs> right, and that is a, that is the important part because it's like, you're right, like, uh, if I kick a puppy, even if that puppy deserves it. <laughs> you know what you did, puppy. Sounds like um, a different story. <laughs> uh, the puppy's going to be upset. If, if I take a computer and smash it, even that puppy stole your car. Right. Right. <laughs> and you come along later and kick it. <laughs> right. Whereas, like, if, if some reason a computer stole my car, <laughs> because someone programmed it to, it wouldn't be upset. That I, like, I caught your computer. Yes. <laughs> Which is sort of the metaphor in this movie about, like, the robberies and stuff. Uh, my favorite thing is, uh, of course, Franklin Langella, who very much carries the movie. He's pretty much the... He's in almost every shot. Yeah, he's he's. It's all about his character, and and he's got to play a heavily relies on yeah, Angel. yeah, and he's got to play a tough tough role because he's got to carry so much of it. But he's also playing this guy who's struggling with memory issues and and uh, regret and all those things. And uh, also, uh, I would like to say I submitted this to Ready to Scott that we're going to do Master of the Universe because I love that movie where Franklin Jello <laughs> played Skeletor with equal grace and aplomb. Guy's a professional. Guy's a professional all the way. Uh, he was also, uh, Frank Langella is also my favorite version of Dracula. And I forget, I think it was just called Dracula, but there was one that's a pretty scary movie from like the 70s, 80s that I really enjoyed. All right. And uh, what's, I'll go <laughs> out. your word for it. I'll do my worst thing. Well, maybe we'll find it. My worst thing for me is the ending. I just feel like it kind of peters out. But I'm also, again, I'm not sure you can hold that against this movie because that's kind of the only way it can go. I like the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we'll get to it. But, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't end with a bang or anything. Right. But. Well, it shouldn't, right? Right. 
It's not that kind of story. Right. And what's your worst thing? What was his name? Jake? Jake the Nerd. Jake the Nerd. <laughs> he was a little overacted, I guess. <laughs> I kind of got... So there's a point where he's playing a foul of Frank Langella. Because Frank stole some stuff from him. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. By the way, I just realized that Frank Langella is playing Frank well. like in the movie. And I'm like, that makes it so much easier as an actor because you just have to learn one name. I noticed that when we started the movie. <laughs> I never noticed it. <laughs> I've seen Frank observer. in all of his movies. <laughs> they call him Frank in that Frank Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Revenge of Frankula. <laughs> all right. So I guess. I didn't find a lot to not like with the movie. Right. But if yeah. I had to pick something, I guess uh, Jake the Nerd sure, could have been good. a stronger role. Well, you picked it, so I'm glad you. <laughs> You don't have a lot that you didn't like, didn't like about it. That'd be weird. I'm yeah. pick this movie. Well, I said before we started, I was going to pick Liv Tyler. Because right. she was hamming it up on, yeah. on being like a hippie girl. But I kind of like that. And it kind of fit. Yeah. It kind of fit. Yeah. It felt appropriate. Yeah. All right. So now we pause for this. If you want to watch the movie. I don't know why you've listened this long if you haven't watched the movie. But if you want to watch the movie and then we'll talk about the movie. Who knows why anybody does not That's anything. right. Who knows anything. <laughs> All right, spoilers coming up. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Go, go watch. <laughs> what, did, what are we talking about? Robot and Frank. Robot and Frank. <laughs> Just bring me some cereal. That cereal is full of unhealthy ingredients. I threw it away. Don't throw away my stuff. Frank, that cereal is for children. Enjoy this grapefruit. You're for children, stupid. Today we're going to start a garden. Oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> so the movie opens up. With, I think, actually a, a pretty solid, uh, like, establishing so many things. Because it opens up with him, somebody breaking into the place. You don't know where he's breaking into or what reason. And then, eventually, you realize it's our main character, Frank, breaking into his own house. Because yeah. he sees a picture of his family. And he realizes that, basically, and it's kind of, well, I mean, better summary. He's a thief. It establishes a lot, really quickly. He's a thief. He... He has memory problems. And, Something's going on there. And he's kind of, said. and he's also kind of restless. That all kind of establishes all stuff pretty well. Um, so they go into his house and it's a mess. <laughs> he's clearly not right. taking care of himself. Right. Oh, and by the way, this is really also mentioned the near future. Like we wouldn't have figured it out <laughs> with the robots. But I get it. I get it. It's just one of those things that, that bugs me. The Why? near future. <laughs> Too on the nose for you. <laughs> You know, it's a good question because the only reason it bugs me is because then people like it's really just like now, but with like robots, which is what the near future really means. Like they remember the X Men movies? Remember when the uh, the X Men movies did that? The first one, you know, New York, the near future, like two next Tuesday. What does that mean? I don't get that. I, I get what they're saying; it's a convention, but it always strikes me as strange. How near is it? I want my robot first of all. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> Yeah, the robot's not going to be impressive looking. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It's, if they put a year in there, I mean, no, I don't think they put a year. They just start the story, and just not not tell me. Yeah, it's I'm fine. fine. It's just a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I get it. You don't like being spoon fed stuff. <laughs> so then you were saying you were saying about the mess of the house. Oh, so his house is a mess, and you, you start to get the idea that he's not taking care of himself properly. Right. And his daughter calls him, who's Liv Tyler. Playing sort of a... And the phone just, like, picks up. <laughs> That's a weird, but, it's, you know, it's but I can future... see they might have said that, though, yeah. to check on him. Maybe so. Um, it's so a... it's a future, like, video phone, yeah. right? So she can see him. Yeah. He can see her. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of, like, pops into her living room. 
his living room and he's just like, hey, dad. Yeah. And again, it's establishing character stuff, but it does a pretty good job. And again, you know, her sort of hippy dippy <laughs> yeah, version. She's, she's in the desert somewhere. <laughs> right, right. I mean. We're in Afghan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, it sort of establishes certain things. Like she asks about Hunter and he doesn't remember who Hunter is right away. That's his son. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah, and we're starting to get the idea that um, Lip Tyler is a, a hippie. Yeah, she's well meaning, but she's definitely kind of got, I don't want to say control issues, but that thing where you, you get somebody who's like, I know how to fix your life, I know how to run things. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the right word for but, it, but, but she's. Um... I know it's best. <laughs> I don't know what the word for it is. I, I do tend to think of it, I know it's like... It's, You're it's, right for a living, right? As hippies. I tend to think of hippies as doing that, man. Because they always are like, man, you just gotta eat more granola, man. Right. If and everybody just, like, just stopped wasting so much water, if, the world would if be If everyone stopped doing... If you just listen to me, man, you could live off the earth and we'd all be in harmony. Well, maybe it'll come to us. I like that I, for some reason, I hate hippies, even though I wasn't around in the 60s, so I don't know what's going on. I'm alright with hippies. You're a monster. Uh-huh. <laughs> their, their plan for the world may not be super realistic. <laughs> well, that's not, you're right, I can't hold that against them. Nobody's plans really great that great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the competition here? And he meets Susan Sarandon as a librarian. Uh, I forget what her character's name is, but spoiler alert. It's going to be a librarian. A librarian. <laughs> um, and uh, she's got the, the, the library sort of being deconstructed. And I like it again because it's sort of, it represents sort of a sad transition, but she's also not really upset because she's like, well, the libraries don't have the same purpose they used to because it's the future. I mean, even now there's so much information available to you. As a writer, my job is a hundred times easier because sometimes I don't do a lot of research in my books because, yeah, whatever, I don't care. But <laughs> but when I do research, it's really nice to be able to, to go to the right sources and Google or oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. Like, uh, when I do it, my book, Divine Misfortune, I'm plugging myself a lot today. Um, I looked up, uh, like, gods on Wikipedia. On the whole back catalog. I looked up gods online and all these different websites and all these different sources. And it was really cool because I wanted to make sure I included gods that weren't just the Greeks and Romans and, you know, the Egyptians. And there was tons of interesting gods to find. And it was really easy compared to, I mean, I could have found a book that probably had a bunch. Sure. But this was really easy to use. So that's an example. Oh, yeah, I mean, technology is great. <laughs> so, so I mean, I don't think librarians would go, libraries will go away, but I do think it's a different, in this, it makes sense what they're doing in this. Story. There's another kind of subtext here where Frank is upset that the library's uh, potentially going away. Which is sort of a um, metaphor for life changing. Yes. Old people and technology. <laughs> I guess. Well, but I, you think about, well, again, if I'm going to get really, like, pretentious, like, the idea that there's a library. You are. <laughs> Like, the library is slowly having the books removed and recycled. That's a metaphor for the books in his mind leaving. Oh, that's deep. I don't know if they intended that, but they probably did. <laughs> They're probably as least as good a writer as I am. <laughs> that is really fucking clever. <laughs> There's some of that in this movie that people who like it probably feel really fucking clever when they watch it. <laughs> well, it doesn't... Draw There's a lot of attention to it, that. which is good. Um, I think you can maybe draw a little more attention to it sometimes, but I also think, yeah, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, we also meet uh, Mr. Darcy, which is the uh, robot assistant for the oh, librarian, yeah. who uh, is, when we meet the, finally the robot, that's Frank's robot, 
that's a, probably a more advanced model than Mr. Darcy, because Mr. Darcy sounds more like mechanical, it's like yeah. a little more blocky. Seems to be an air conditioning unit <laughs> on wheels. <laughs> So he talks to, they talk about, but they talk about the library and how it's shifting and, and the library experience. And then. He and tries the, to get her number. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then he's going to, then he's on the phone and he Good leaves. You, Frank. <laughs> and he's going to that, like that place because he's going to go eat where he always eats, but it's not there anymore. Yeah. He, and again, memory loss, which I'm sure is very accurate, you know. And he goes in and steals. It feels like it's accurate. I'm it sure it's It feels like is. they got the timing of it. Yeah, pretty well. But well, I, and I it's, don't know. it's indeterminate what he has, which I don't have a problem with. I think sometimes when it gets too specific, then you start dissecting it if it's really that thing. Right. Like in writing, sometimes I've had that. I've seen that with writing with somebody at my workshop or somewhere else. will read it and they'll be like, "Well, you know, I have an aunt who has dementia, and this is exactly what happens." And I'm like, "It's not really that important. You know, you want to be true to it. But if you get too specific, then people will start analyzing that instead of the story you want to tell. So in this case, memory loss yeah. is good because I'm not worried about. Well, you know, he should have this symptom at this time, and this symptom at... Well, that gets in the way of the story. Yeah, I mean, they got it across. I yeah. was convinced yeah. that Frank oh, yeah. was having some kind of uh, mental problems. So then he goes into that bath shop. <laughs> but I think Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live is the, the uh, shop yeah, lady. Yeah, I couldn't think of her name. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bother <laughs> any other names. <laughs> so he goes in there, and she's like... Get out of here. <laughs> right. I told you not to come in. And you first you think, well, he's, she doesn't, he doesn't remember. Yeah. But it's because she, he steals stuff from the store. <laughs> it's like palming bath soaps. soaps. And, uh, and that's when you, he goes back to his house and he has the vault and he's, he's the secret vault full of junk that he's just <laughs> stolen. Kind of like, and you get the impression that like he was kind of reformed, but like as the memory loss is taking place, he's sort of. Falling back on old habits, which kind of makes sense. Right. This is what he knew. Yeah. And, uh, which makes sense, I think, if you're gonna, you know, you're, you're looking for a routine. Yeah. Weird thing. And they were like, so he goes home, and then he's just by himself eating. This is the, the point in, oh, he's a lonely old guy. <laughs> and then James Marston? Or is it Marston? I always get, there's, there's the guy who played Spike in Buffy. His name is James Marsters, I think. And Marstons, which is really confusing. You guys, you, need to, you guys needed to meet and change this, fix this. One of you goes like Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. that's all I need. Come on, Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Get your act together. Uh, he shows up. He brings the robot with him. This is where we introduce the robot. Right. And he comes in and he's having what sounds like the same argument with Frank. Yeah, which <laughs> is probably true. For whatever, the umpteenth time. <laughs> and kind of talking about putting him in a home or something. But, well, Which he's got a Frank he's does. got a legitimate case to be made. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Frank has issues. Right. It yeah. seems like what you go through with any older relative that might be on, uh, on the decline. That might even be part of the problem with this movie. I think sometimes too is that it doesn't really have an obvious bad guy. You know, even like even Jake the nerd, who's kind of a douchebag, <laughs> he's not really wrong. He's upset because somebody stole from him. I guess that's true. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's no real, yeah. There's no real antagonist. I mean, the closest you get is is Frank because he's stealing stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but only from the blood sucking insurance company. That's right. That's right. So, so the robot introduced, and here's where I think there's a little bit of foreshadowing. And I think this is—I don't know if this is intentional. I might be reading into this, but when the robot's introduced, Frank is like, "I don't need one of these things." What's your mother think? And uh, son Hunter, I remember his name because Hunter's a stupid name. I'm sorry. Your name is Hunter. I apologize. <laughs> How about if your name is Tracker? That'd be a good one, too. <laughs> I'd like to have a son named Hunter, 
another name Tracker, and another name Gatherer. No. <laughs> I apologize. If your name was Hunter, I was out of line. I apologize. But what were, um, uh, what were the kids' names on um, the Will Ferrell movie? Oh, uh, Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I always like Walker, by the way, because it's like, why did that become a cool name? Like someone's like, Walker. And I'm like, know. it's just walking. It's not like, it's like, but anytime someone says, you meet a character named Walker, they're almost always going to be an interesting character in the show. <laughs> I think it's weirder that our names don't mean anything. I know. It's like we've given up in, on that. In other languages, names like mean stuff. Yeah. Well, they used to. I mean, Taylor. They're named after the wind. <laughs> I well, guess the, that's true. In the future, we'll be Thatcher. named after corporations. There's that book, uh, Jennifer Government, and in the future, everyone's named takes the last name, whatever their job is, like whatever division they work for, what corporation hmm. they work for. So you'll be like James Nike or... Sounds like a horrifying dystopia. And it sounds like it. And the robots, they all want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he says like, oh, your mom your mom has one too. And that's when we have Mr. Darcy. So I think that was intentionally there as a clue. Yeah, seems like it. You know, because it's the only other robot we see in the movie until the very end. So you could kind of cheat. I mean, it, you could say, well, there's lots of robots. But it's the only other robot we see. And I think it's intentional. Um, so Frank does not like the robot. <laughs> He says that thing's going to murder me in my sleep because he's seen enough of those robot movies. <laughs> and I can't... I think it's an actual robot. I'm not sure, though. It might be a guy in a suit. <laughs> I think it's a guy in a suit, but maybe not. It's a not. large robot. It was a pretty small... It had to be a pretty small guy. It's small for a person. Right. It's big for a robot. Right. <laughs> it's big for a robot, but it's small for a person. But that's what I'm trying to figure because it's like there's not a lot of room. I think it might be an actual robot. That would be interesting. We, we should look be really this up cool. before we... Well, they showed all those robots in the credits. Um, yeah, and some of them looked close. This is is Calculon's first role. <laughs> <laughs> the devil, robot devil, my favorite one of my favorite about the future round was like uh, Calculon, you owe me, and then Calculon's like, I guess I do owe you for all this acting talent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we never see the robot doing anything too complicated, so I I'm starting to think it's a it's it could a robot. be it could be, which is another thing. Even if it is a robot, they cut it very well. Right. It, you yeah. see the robot doing some things that they imply that he's yeah. doing more complex things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they do a good job. I mean, you're not... I mean, even if it's just an actor and a student, it's just hard to do stuff. It's still... Right. He's, 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 he comes across as competent. You don't... You don't. You know, sometimes in those old... Especially watch certain older movies, they'll be like, well, that thing can barely move. <laughs> <laughs> right. They right. show him picking stuff up. Right. And setting stuff down. Yeah. And but like, he's doing it well off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not doing anything like again. It's not a super robot. It's not like he's doing backflips or. <laughs> it's not that far. Crushing, crushing like stones with his bare hands. I mean, it's not the far future. No, no, it's not the it's far the near future. future. Uh, and then, like, so he convinces uh, uh, Frank to. Well, I don't know. He just leaves the robot. He leaves it, <laughs> and then Frank tried to turn it off, but he can't turn it off because there's like they a haven't password. given Frank the password. Right. And then. Uh, was it either the, I think it's the next morning, after the robot cleans up, that he has breakfast or whatever? Yeah. And he's got the, he's giving him, like, a grapefruit. <laughs> and Frank is like, where's my cereal? And then, I like the robot. That cereal is for children. <laughs> I, I got rid of all your old stuff, and it's like, all your bad food. And he was just like, don't throw away my stuff. <laughs> don't touch my stuff. Yeah, which is the beginning of sort of like, in a lot of ways, again, that's a great metaphor for our you know, not just, uh, definitely with older people, 
anybody who suffers, when you start getting, take, getting taken care of, you kind of rebel. Like kids do, and like human, you know, humans yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, so it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and then there's this the line, which I think is only there to make the movie uh, get like a PG-13 rating. Because there's no really a reason for it otherwise, where he says, fuck this shit. <laughs> and I think it's because without that, what's in this movie that would not make it G? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Well, that's that's because you know you weren't jarred by the language like I am. You're, I guess so. You're you know you're I'm you're a younger streets. guy. You're a different generation. <laughs> in my day, why did we have to have the naughty language? Kids these days. Kids these days. No respect. Um, but he says that, and I think it's because that way it's there to get the the PG thirteen. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, because think about it. This movie, like nobody, there's not excessive swearing. There's no violence. There's no um, sexual content. It's G. Well, you gotta look for it. <laughs> It's G, I'm pretty kidding. much. It is. That's true. Which is fine, except that, you know, you can't have a G movie because people are just automatically assuming that's for kids. That's funny. I Which haven't is, even thought about yeah, it. Yeah. You'll see it. Once you see it, it's really interesting. Watch movies and you'll see somebody, like, a lot of times people will even have the, the one fuck because it's there because that way they get the, they guarantee a PG-13. <laughs> two. If you say two in the same movie, that's R because that's too many in one movie. I don't know who made these rules, but that's the rule. Church ladies, church ladies. Like if you if you watch two movies and they beat you and they're each short and they have the f word, that's fine. But if you watch one movie that's long and there's two of the f words, forget it. Dementia, yeah, madness. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> it really is church ladies. It's just this group of random people. Well, you who s- make arbitrary decisions. Have you about. seen uh, this movie's not yet rated? Yeah, that's a great documentary. That's very good. That's a great document. I recommend that highly. Make your own choices, people. No, listen don't, to me. Don't let the rating agency. Control that's your right. Life. That's right. Well, especially the, there's so many weird things in that movie. Like you realize where it's weird things about like sexuality. Where like if if a, a young boy masturbates, it's PG thirteen. If a girl masturbates, it's R. Weird things like yeah. that. Where it's just like you don't think about that stuff. Right, but it shaped your life. It shaped. Yeah, it's your perception. And uh, you know, robot a robot masturbates. <laughs> it's it's G. I don't know why. <laughs> a lot of that going on in this movie. <laughs> Look for it. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. The robot sexual tension between robot and uh, <laughs> Mr. Darcy. It's pretty solid. What you know to look for. Yeah. They only really share one their, scene together. Their dialogue is rife with sexual tension. There's two scenes, but there's really only one scene, and that's it. It's kind of awkward. You can tell, you know, but. There's really some like feminist stuff about uh, girls masturbating being rated R. It is. There's. It's a weird thing because it's like you don't think about it. It's just baked into society. <laughs> it is. It's like girls aren't supposed. Girls are supposed to enjoy sex. Girls are supposed to both. Yep. You know. It's like I always get annoyed because I, and you know the off topic like we always do, but uh, <laughs> that male sexuality is seen as this animalistic, indiscriminate thing. Yeah. I just want to have sex. Yeah. And and female <laughs> female sexuality is seen as this pure. Like, reluctant thing. And I'm like, well, that's unhealthy for both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, maybe I'm more subtle than a lot of guys. There are times where I'm like, eh, I'm not really interested in sex right now. No, thanks. <laughs> you know? It's happened before. Right. <laughs> and then I think every guy has a story. I, I've only, most times we got, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> I remember I, well, years and years and years ago, I had a, a friends and I, and there was this girl came over, and she was like being really flirty, but she was like, you could tell she was just kind of like new to the whole sex stuff and getting kind of like way into it, too excited. And we were like, <laughs> I do not want to get on board with that. Like, we were all like, and then the other end is that women, 
really do get screwed in that they're they really are their sexuality is demonized in such an interesting way and and the whole purity thing oh it's crazy it's, it's the kind of thing you get on scott lee said <laughs> we fix society why are we talking about robots not killing people and this is where we be oh the, the the robot says like uh if you send me back i'll have my memory erased oh yeah yeah which is the robot doing like laying a guilt trip Right, he's starting to manipulate Frank. Lee, right, right, which is what he's designed to do. Right, right. He's gain Frank's give him motivation, uh, trust, and, and get him to change his behavior, and then kill him. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and then torture him in the basement. The original ending is he smothers with a pillow at the end. <laughs> and this is where we meet uh, condescending library douche uh, Jake the Nerd. Jake the Nerd, and he's okay in this one. He, I think that you might think he does a like over top later, but I actually this one, wasn't didn't have that big. Of a I know, I know, <laughs> but I really liked him in this part because he's really condescending without being overtly. Yeah, it's almost like he's being respectful, but he's being condescending. You realize he thinks he's being respectful, but he's kind of being condescending without realizing it. Right, he's a douchebag. Right, he's a douchebag, but he's like a douchebag. He's a well-meaning douchebag. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even sure that. I think at this but stage he he's is. Not, right. He's not. Because there's no reason he's not mad at Frank. Overt about it. It's very passive aggressive. Right. I just think he's one of those guys who like thinks he knows better. Yeah. Oh, you're a link to a past, old man. You know, it's like, oh. He seems like a hipster. <laughs> he is a hipster. In the future, there'll still be hipsters. And he's talking about like the library experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which kind of makes sense, actually. I mean, I don't know. We don't get to see what the library looks like after it's been rebuilt. We get to hear it. At one point, uh, which is kind of funny because it's like the library experience, but I'm like, why is there music coming out of it so loudly? That's not the library. <laughs> um, and he gets to see the the Don Quixote, like first edition or something. Yes. that's in the library, which is again sort of a uh, metaphor about a oh, man yeah. struggling with identity and perception. I think it was very deliberate that they yeah. picked that book. <laughs> yeah, and also Sancho Panza was a robot in the original draft. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's my that fan fiction. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Don Quixote 3000 (laughs) In the dark future The windmills have come alive (laughs) And only one man Can save us That's a good book I'm telling you I should write that So (laughs) Oh boy (laughs) Alright So Science fiction or science facts? I'm half sure that you're <laughs> going to write this book. <laughs> so, they leave the library, um, and he's left the robot outside. Right. And there's some kids tormenting it, because kids. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, they're just says, messing with it. They're not, like, damaging it. They're just pushing it around a little bit. Yeah. Which is kind of like seeing how it works. Right. Yeah. They seem like normal kids. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not movie kids. <laughs> not like movie bullies. <laughs> Let's make them eat dirt. Really? Okay. <laughs> seen it <laughs> so frank comes out of the library and says get out of here you little bastards that's right <laughs> and asks her about why he wasn't defending himself um and gives him the suggestion of saying uh, self-destruct sequence initiated <laughs> which is gonna come in handy later <laughs> that's right that's right that's a that's a she, you know as soon as you see it <laughs> yeah 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 but it's, it takes a long time before it shows up so you don't even think about it yeah yeah this is where uh frank goes back to the shop and he's gonna steal something <laughs> right and there's an employee there that doesn't know him, apparently. That's right, that's right. She's like, oh, how can I help you? <laughs> and then, uh, he so he's going to steal something, but he gets caught, so he puts it back. 
Right. And then suddenly later, he takes it out of his pocket. Right. And then later on, that's when the robot brings him the item. Yeah, he's like, hey, you dropped this. Right. <laughs> so Frank quizzes the robot about... Um, <laughs> human morality. Do you have to follow human laws? <laughs> <laughs> Is this three laws safe? <laughs> So we saw some review somewhere that was talking about Asimov's three laws. Yeah. But those the three laws have nothing to do with our laws. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not doing harm. Right. There's yeah. nothing in there about like following the human code of law. Well, you know the yeah. thing, and I, again, uh, as an aside, I get really annoyed with like the three laws because like they make sense for, you know, they make sense for a story. Sure. But I'm like, robots are not real. And if I want to write a story where that doesn't follow those rules... I can do that. And I remember one time, years, this is before I was world-renowned, but I wrote a short story. <laughs> I wrote a short story. Uh, uh, sorry. And, uh, on somebody's hubris. <laughs> and uh, setting the world on fire. Last time I did a book signing, I had one guy show up. But he did have all my books, which is pretty cool. So I'll take it. But I wrote a story, and, and it had a robot in it, and somebody responded, like, they were saying, like, oh, we don't really reject this, we reject the story because that's not how robots behave. And I was like, really? robots aren't real, you know? And and afterwards, like for years, I would not write anything even close to science fiction-y because I was just like, no one's going to tell me that dragons can't do that. But someone's going to tell me a robot can't do that. Really? Someone yeah. put you off robots. For a long time. And you know me, I love robots. So. <laughs> That's sad. So when I finally went back to Automatic Detective, it really was like, uh, but but I, I, I don't mind that, but I just think it's funny that it, it's interesting that people are like, well, this is going to be in there. And you're right, like, well, this story doesn't exist in that universe. They don't ever mention the three laws. It's not like the robot's different. It functions on different yeah. rules. Well, there's a set of things like that. So, yeah. I mean, robots have a set of expected behaviors that yeah. have grown up from fiction. Yeah. Um, zombies definitely have, like, a canon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Vampires and other things. So, it's not surprising, I guess. But that's true. That is true. It's weird that somebody would say robots don't do that when you're trying to submit a, a manuscript or something. Well, yeah, because to me, I'm like, it, a robot, once you establish certain things about a robot, it's 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 fine. <laughs> but it is weird. Because you're right. I mean, some of it's like you don't want to get too far away. But for me, a robot really is just, it's a machine that moves around and functions. <laughs> that's what makes it a robot, not that it follows rules. If I wrote a story about a robot who's just like, doesn't like anybody and just punches people all the way. <laughs> It may not, you'd be like, why did they build that robot? <laughs> but it could still exist. You're like, half the robots on Futurama, why did they build those robots? But they're clearly robots. Sure. Hedonism bot is clearly a robot. They're consistent with their own rules. Yes. yes. Hedonism bot. One of the best robots ever. How delightfully decadent. <laughs> I've never written an opera, and I've never listened to one. <laughs> Oh, we should just watch Futurama all the time. Screw this movie stuff. Uh, and, uh... So what, what is that? It's that point where it establishes... There's a dog <laughs> at our recruiting studio right now. Um, um, it's that point in the podcast. in the movie where it's kind of... It's good because it's like Frank quizzes the robot and realizes that the robot doesn't necessarily have qualms against stealing. You know? Yeah. It's not really... Its primary function is to take care of him. And he can kind of he ends up kind of manipulating it because it's like well he gets it to convinced like you need a project well that's stealing is a project right the robot's motivation is to get Frank like active and engaged. get him into a routine yeah and, you know try to assist his health yes 
Oh, and I want to bring up, somebody at some point says, augmented reality library experience. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is like, which is I'm picturing like a really boring virtual reality where you like, you play it, you put on the goggles, the Oculus Rift, and you walk around, <laughs> and then if you make too much noise, someone goes, shh, and you're like, damn it, I was almost through the level. <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> you gotta use the Dewey Decimal System. You have to open one of those card drawers. And oh, <laughs> man. Get some microfiche. <laughs> I was at the library just the other day, and they still have the card catalog thing, but it's just for show. And they actually like open up some of the drawers and like prop books there as a display. And I was like, that's kind of nice. But, I yeah. mean, it's so nice to the computer. <laughs> I can't be against the computer. But the card catalog felt so cool. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody, though. <laughs> but I'm not an idiot. I'm like, do, 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 type, 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 done. Right. <laughs> Sure, it's definitely progress. But uh, that was interesting that they brought up augmented reality because right. that's something that's been happening more in the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so that seemed forward thinking. So um, Frank has turned the robot to crime, <laughs> and he's enlisted the robot to help him basically uh, c- commit a, a cat burglary. <laughs> yes, to uh, rob the uh, library. Right. So he's he's telling the robot, you know, how to be a thief. Like, right. teach him how to pick locks. Right. And what he um, likes. So, they plan a, a library caper. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the Jake the Nerd right. kind of got all up in his grill and he's like, I'm going to show him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's kind of like, because there's the book. She shows him the book, the Don Quixote, and it's like, sort of, it's the only really, it, like, to be fair, all those books in the library, the valuable ones are not going to be destroyed. The ones that are just like, but do we need like another... 50 copies of Twilight. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a million copies of most of these books. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I love uh, uh, Fahrenheit 451. There's plenty of copies. It's not like... Yeah, we should burn them. <laughs> we should burn all of them. Which just sounds like what you're building up to. There, there you go. That's what I was thinking. Let's make uh, some s'mores. But, uh, so yeah, they're gonna... So like he... The, the robot starts picking locks and he can just see how well it picks locks. He teaches it to pick locks. <laughs> And, the, and even the role, I was like, this is a bit activity for you than for me. And he's like, teaching you is my activity. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Frank's, the robot's growing on Frank. <laughs> well, and you know, what's interesting is the, the one of the things I do like about the movies, it does blur the line. Like, obviously the robot in, is just a machine. But it does exhibit behaviors. If you get sophisticated enough, you can end up with that. Like, for example, oh, sure. it's like when he picks the lock successfully, he goes, I'm getting better. <laughs> and it almost sounds satisfied with itself. Right. You know, and... But you can very easily picture that it was designed to do that. Right, right. right? It's designed to interact with people in a way that right. is, is satisfying right. for humans. I think the only thing that would, like if you designed it to want to not die, <laughs> that even if you said, oh, I programmed it to do that, well, you still screwed up because now I feel sad for this thing. <laughs> it's designed to get your empathy. Right, but it's not designed to... And it's actually not that hard. They're, the robots we have now, people yeah. will anthropomorphize and become attached to. Well, is, was it, um, I'm going to forget it. There, there was years ago, decades ago, somebody was doing a research study and they basically were trying to make an artificial like intelligence program you could talk to. And what they came up with was basically it could, it could understand what you said and then ask you a question based on what you said. So you'd say like, oh, I had a really lousy day. And it's like, why was your day lousy? And then you'd say like, uh, well, you know, I just, my boss yelled at me. Why did your boss yell at you? <laughs> and you'd say like, uh, he was just a jerk. And he's like, how does that make, you know, how does, why does you, and, and you and you could talk, and just keep going back and forth. And it was really simple, and it was really, everyone who was working on the program knew what it was. But they stopped it when the professor was actually handling it. He caught his students coming in early just to talk to the program, 
because they were like, and he asked him, what are you doing? It's like, oh, it just feels nice to have somebody who listens. <laughs> and he's like, and he talked about it. He goes, it made him realize that in the future, it'd be real easy for us to anthropomorphize, make sympathetic robots because all it's got to do is just look like it's listening and right. behave. And we, we that, put that on there. That line is not as far away as No, we well, because we do it already. I mean, we get attached to things. I mean, like what, my car doesn't care. But after I drive my car a little while, I'm just like, if it doesn't, if it breaks down, I'm mad at it. Right. <laughs> if it if it doesn't if it works reliably, I'm like, oh, you're a good car, buddy. It doesn't <laughs> you care. Get attached to it, cause right? It's, it's carried you so many miles because <laughs> I've seen it so often. I've dealt with it. So yeah, that we're, yeah, we're it just plays on set up to do that. Yeah. Something starts behaving, we start <laughs> interacting with it. <laughs> yeah. We want to really. Right. There's no anyway. So uh, the robot's grown on Frank. And so they go to rob the library, and uh, Frank puts a black cape on the robot. Yeah, which I like the... the which is funny. It's because he's white. Right, he should. <laughs> it, it, it's a good thing, but it, all, it looks like his, like his, his robot his robot gear. Yeah. Burglary gear. He, they go, and they spray the camera, and they pick the lock, and they're in there. Get, they get the book. Yeah, and Frank has a, a forgetful moment. Right. He's also getting plans. He likes the blueprints, because that helps him. Yeah. And he has, and then like there's that moment again where he's like, he starts, I like the part where he's sneaking around the library though, he's being all sneaky, and then he gets startled by the robot who's not being sneaky at all, because <laughs> the robot's just, like, just walking. <laughs> and then there's that moment, it's kind of sad, where he's like, why are you wearing a space helmet? And you realize again, he's sort of for a second long forgot who he was. Yeah. And I mean, that again, that's that sucks, man. Right. They grab the book, uh, Frank forgets his glasses. That's right. <laughs> and they book it out of there. No pun intended. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty pleased with that one. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm pretty happy with it. You were like, I think you wrote that on your notepad. You were just like, this is going to kill comedy goals. <laughs> so and then, they make off with the book. Right. And then the next day he's there. The thing I like about it is... There's this, a party going on for the new library construction. Well, yeah, but I'm talking before that. Before that, where he's talking to uh, the robot about his life and his son and the things oh, he yeah. missed out on. And I think, you know, in a weird way, it's sort of that thing where this robot is sort of a surrogate of that. Yes. Uh, of the things he didn't. And, you know, you get the impression, like, yeah, this guy isn't perfect. He's made mistakes. But there's also things about, like, his life. He's never got to, he's never really got a chance to share certain parts of his life with his son. Right. Because this, this his, is a chance to kind of live it out. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, because he's got these it's, skills. You develop these skills. You take pride in these skills. It's you know, it's it's weird. It's it's weird to not have like to be able to impart that, which again sort of goes with the metaphor. And maybe this isn't intentional, but I'm going to read into it anyway. Of of slowly disappearing as your memory fades. Well, one of the ways we kind of avoid that as humans is we share with each other. There's all these things he's mastered as a cat burglar that he's really good at that he's not been able to share with anybody. Yeah, I don't even think it's a metaphor. He's, he wants to pass on. I know, his, his but it's also a metaphor when you're losing your memory. I mean, oh, it's even better. better. If it wasn't about losing your memory, it'd still be similar, but it's it's different. I mean, he's literally, this is his chance to preserve things that yeah. are slowly fading from him. He feels some urgency to, yes. to pass on his, yes. his legacy. Yeah. You probably didn't get as many levels as I did. <laughs> I must not have. <laughs> not enjoying this... <laughs> Proper uh, on as many levels as I am. Physical. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Look at the colors. <laughs> anyway, they've stolen the book, and Frank. Well, I, I don't remember who invites who, but uh, Frank's at the 
kind of shindig their throne. I think the she invited in the, uh, the librarian. Susan Sarandon did. Yeah. Someone broke in and like they think they stole information about other things because why would you steal the book and the the blueprints stuff? And and like Frank and uh, Frank's like, yeah, funny you should mention that. Like he's gonna give the book to her. <laughs> And, and first of all, at the party, which is stupid, especially stupid. But again, he's he's, he's struggling with stuff, and uh, and then this, this consumer is just like, oh, how awful! And because he's waving the robot over, and then he he just waves the robot off. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny moment. Yeah. So <laughs> the robot puts the, puts the book down, and there's a a good bit here where um, they have the two robots come over. Yes, from the library. This is the sexual tension we were Mr. talking Darcy about, and the robot, Mister Darcy. And, and, you know, I, hey, like, I'm well, open-minded. It's the future. <laughs> I don't care that they're both guy robots. It's cool. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> That's your prejudice. You know, I, it's a different genders. world. It's a different world. I get it. <laughs> hey, sailing units. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, there, there's that moment they're, where it's they're like... They're trying to get the robots to have a conversation. <laughs> they're like, like, why? Yeah, like Mr. Darcy's like, I have no reason to interact with this unit. <laughs> and then he's like, well, talk to it like... Like it's a person, so robot. The robot's like, "Hi, how are you?" I am functional, and then they just stop. I am as well. And then they turn back to because there's no reason for them to direct. They're not. They're not interested in interacting, uh, which kind of highlights just the silliness of. It's also a cute moment, right? And it's, again, it's just that theme of us assigning more personality right. to machines right. than they have. Yeah, I mean, they could easily be programmed to interact with each other like they care. <laughs> but it doesn't. What purpose would it serve? Other than maybe the robots liking each other more, and that would be annoying. <laughs> Do you think my robots like each other more than me? <laughs> it's like when you have dogs, and sometimes you're like get jealous of the robot. Sometimes you're like, I think my dog likes my other dog more than me. <laughs> he certainly humps the other dog more than me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be humped, but it's nice to be asked sometimes. <laughs> the thought that counts jake the nerd is talking to somebody i forget who but the cop guy i don't remember his name was but the cop oh, was it the sheriff yeah. okay well he's not i don't know he's not the sheriff or whatever he's just like a cop i think he played a cop in uh, law and order in like one of the later seasons you know, call him sheriff hop pop because <laughs> i forget his name uh but they're talking to each other and looking yeah. at frank and frank's kind of oh i forgot something <laughs> So this is the first time Jake comes over and and kind of accuses Frank, right? <laughs> Which, you, to be fair, you were reading glasses. <laughs> to be fair, it's not crime of the century. I'm like, there's not that many people here who have a record of being burglars, <laughs> right? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it makes they perfect sense. Them. And that's what I like about the movie. The movie doesn't play like it's it's pretty obvious. People are going to put it together pretty quickly. I think there's a subtext here of uh, Jake's upset that this old guy that he'd been kind of mocking mocking a little bit has gotten the better of <laughs> I can see that I can see that I don't I don't know if you know it's really easy to read that into that character because he's he's such a jerk and he's so condescending right you know I think he plays himself. his character pretty well I think so even though I, I said so. I didn't like him <laughs> well but sometimes it's you know sometimes it's a trick though because sometimes someone plays somebody well and you don't like them but they're not supposed to yeah, well, you know, I think it's that later scene where he's in, in Frank's yeah. house and he just keeps harping on yeah. it. It's a little too much. It's like that movie Nightcrawler. Have you seen uh, Nightcrawler? Not yet. With, that's a great movie. I'd Jake like Gyllenhaal that. makes your skin crawl by the end of that movie because he's such a like a sociopathic weirdo who's succeeding in life. <laughs> and uh, that's a great movie. I recommend it highly. That's not even a movie. I, 
I, it's really creepy and dark, but it's really good. But you, you, you don't like him. You don't like him because you can't like him. He's a weird, creepy guy. But, but you do kind of like, well, I respect him. <laughs> but uh, that's a case of, you know, it's like he's very unsettling in that movie. Versus like Prince of Persia. He wasn't unsettling in Prince of Persia. Well, maybe in a different way. Maybe in a different way. The fact that he wasn't, you know, Arabian, but whatever. Some people will never like a movie that doesn't have a clear protagonist. I, I, I believe that. I definitely intend to see Nightcrawler, but it's, it's there's a, a section of the population that just will never like that kind of movie. Well, he's technically the protagonist, <laughs> but he's clearly not a likable protagonist. Nobody right. in that movie is really nice. They're not, they're they're more like, I don't want to say mean, because mean would imply malice. Instead, they're just like opportunists. And, uh, yeah, when I say clear protagonist, I mean somebody that you're supposed to cheer for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because, yeah, it's, it's a success story about a douchebag weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, no, I agree with, I agree with that. So I think, yeah, right, like, maybe he's a little over the top, Jake, the, the douche library guy, at some points. But for the most part, you're right. It's like, well, I don't like you because you're doing a good job being unlikable. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm, we yeah. try to find, like, the worst thing about the movie, and they're all movies yeah. that I like. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's not... It's not really... Uh, dogs have no respect. Dogs are dumb. They're a human a robot wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back later, a robot. I'm recording. Robot won't lick your face either, unless it's programmed. But <laughs> it would kill you in your sleep. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could pro- program a robot to lick your face. <laughs> <laughs> they they make uh, so uh, Frank makes the case of robbing Jake the douche because he's got like all his jewelry. Yeah, and he doesn't like him. <laughs> well, clearly, <laughs> I don't like him either. Here's why I don't like him: he lives in one of those freaking glass houses. <laughs> No, sir. I don't like those glass houses. I'll never like them in any book. Every time I see them, I think, one, yeah, you're so special. you got to have the whole world looking at you all the time. What's in the middle of a forest? It's even worse. The wolves attack? What are you going to do? The wolves. <laughs> Nobody good ever There's a movie. Glass houses. <laughs> There's a movie called... Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was now. Um, but there's an evil witch druid who's sacrificing babies. And one of the characters, <laughs> uh, played by, I believe, uh, Brad Hall. I might be wrong. He's being chased by her. And he gets to his house, and it's a glass house. And, like, all these magic wolves come and just kill the shit out of him. <laughs> I know you're not safe anyway. It's magic druid. I get it. If you build a giant glass house... This is a real movie. <laughs> yes, okay. it's a real movie. I forget what it's checking. called, but maybe oh, there's this church. this druid lady who, uh, you know, she she basically like sacrifices babies to this tree, and then she lives forever. The family has to stop her. Or whatever. I can't remember. It's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good horror movie. Hmm. They have to like stop her from basically offering up their their child to the this weird tree, and there's this weird tree with like babies in it. It's a very weird movie, but it's good. I mean, it's good. <laughs> and that's a glass house thing. Zombies or like. Hillbillies show up? I know there's no hillbillies in this particular part of the state. If anybody knows what Alex is talking about, please let us know. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. I'll just look. I'm sure if I'm right, if it's Brad Hall, I can just find it. But anyway, so right away, he lives in a, a glass house, and he's playing his virtual drum kit or whatever. <laughs> Which is perfect. <laughs> he's playing the air drums. That's right, he's playing the up. air drums. <laughs> So it's like right away I'm like, yeah, rob the hell out of this guy. I don't care. 
Right, they set him up to be uh, less than likable. Right. <laughs> um, so they start... Casey Frank starts gone. planning the robbery of Jake the Nerd's house. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't comment on the uh, metaphor of him living in a glass house. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, Scott. <laughs> Plus, I don't know, he, what stones does he throw? The old man is robbing people. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Well, that's uh, Jake's fault for <laughs> for mocking him, <laughs> for poking the bear. Screw Jake. I don't care about Jake. That's right. <laughs> He's an ass. <laughs> so they're playing this robbery. Um, at some point, his daughter comes by. So right. they've had a conversation previously that, I don't know, he says something about the robot and says, I'm fine with the robot. <laughs> right. Well, he and... got her to to be ex- excited. She assumes that he didn't want the robot, which he did at the beginning. And when she comes back, and there's even some sort of idea that the future there's sort of movement against robots, which makes sense, you know. Right. Um, and then she's part of this anti-robot. Right. Well, she's sort of, you know, since she's a hippie, she's kind of like, oh, well, humans, human love, man. <laughs> I love that I say that like it's weird. <laughs> Mark my words. In 20 years, people will be like, human love? What's that? It's been the, replaced. Uh, anti-robot movements are the, the cause du jour in the near future. <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> So she shows up at his house. Right. <laughs> she's, she's trying and to do the right thing. Right. I'm go, I'm saving you from this machine. <laughs> she's a little annoying, but she is trying to do the right thing. <laughs> There's a bit in there where, um, in the phone call before she shows up, she's talking about the place she's at. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. very, like, generic kind of... <laughs> well, she when she was there. No, she's there when she's doing it. They're looking at right. the slideshow. And then she's like, what is it she says? Oh, like, yeah, she's uh, in the house. These all these so people... so beautiful. These people... <laughs> So sad, but so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful, so sad, but so beautiful. It's just the. It's like congratulations. It's just the <laughs> You've made like, me root against your cause, which is probably worthy. Young college girl protest. And she turns out the robot. Anyway. Yeah, so apparently she knows the password. Right. She got the password from Hunter. Right. And so this kind of throws a wrench in Frank's plans to rob. <laughs> Jake the douche. And again, he's kind of stuck because he doesn't really have a lot of options. And his daughter does... Yeah, she's a little annoying, but she also means well. She's there to try to do be good and take care of him. It's good. It's good. But it's also a dilemma, which he finally solves by <laughs> by just making so much of a mess. So Frank starts acting just like a, a nuisance and a mess. Right. Which <laughs> actually... <he's... laughs> yeah. Which actually highlights, again, one of the positive things about this is because the robot will not get annoyed. Like, the daughter is justifiably annoyed <laughs> by this because it's annoying being around annoying people. <laughs> right. He's doing it on purpose. Right. To some degree, but there's still an element of humans will. Right. And the robot. Will exhaust their patience. <laughs> right. And the robot, this is proto Baymax. I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but it's, it's, it's before, yeah. you know, Baymax shows up who. Uh, well, there you go. Inspired, there you go. Inspired Baymax. There you go. Inspired Baymax. This one's even or fluffier. Heroes Five or whatever that movie. Big Hero Six. I don't know what. I was Did you see five. it? Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. All right. Well, I that? didn't like the ending of Big Hero Six. What do you mean you like the ending? Well, I figured. Uh, I don't know if we should. Spoil oh, don't spoiler. <laughs> whatever. We'll talk about it. If you haven't so. seen Big Hero Six, get, you sh- just uh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so the ending, um, they go off and be superheroes. But I thought what they do is like mass produce Baymax and. You know, make his brother's dream come true. That is a weird part. 
it seems like you could still have. Here's the thing: you could have you could have more than you could have Baymaxes yeah. and still have superhero Baymaxes. That was the, in, the original intent. Maybe maybe in the sequel, if they do a sequel, they'll cover that. Because you're right; it's uh, like we'll just have more of those, and you can still have Baymax. Yeah, you don't have to throw out the one you got. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I agree with you on that. It's like you know, he was a, a good you know medical coverage, medical treatment is a good <laughs> noble profession for a robot. Besides punching people. It seems. <laughs> Seems all right. <laughs> so I get you. I get you. I'm on your side there to some degree. Although I do enjoy robots punching things, so I'm kind of torn. That's fine. The robot punch things in the movie. <laughs> no, but it you can do both. To... It doesn't have to do one or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you can... it was. It feel like it turned into a different movie. <laughs> well, no. The only reason I think you're right is it's like you can make more than a, you can make more than one Baymax. Like if they said like you could only make one. Like, they didn't have the technology or ability to make another. Well, then you'd be like, okay, they don't. But otherwise, right. you could mass produce them and still have... Because, really, the military program one is unique. <laughs> <laughs> military program. Well, he, he taught it Kung Fu. Yeah, that's true. And he gave it rocket fists, which I think that would help medical robots, too. But I... <laughs> it's cool that they're going around in a hero squad, but there doesn't seem to be any reason for it anymore. <laughs> anyway, Robot and Frank. <laughs> Good stuff. Your 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 quandary with with uh, Big Hero Six is something I need to explore later. Mm. I have some quandaries with Big Hero Six too, mm. but that's different. It sounds like you're having the wrong quandary with Big Hero. Maybe Six. you're having the wrong quandary. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> fight the tort all apart. We shall see. Watching you. <laughs> He's getting on Madison's nerves, and eventually they. He goes to sleep. He, he leaves wakes the up house the next day. Goes to sleep. Wakes up the next day. The house is all clean, and right. he's and she's like, "Oh, I pulled all nighter." And he's like, "No, you didn't." <laughs> and this is where he gets manipulative because he's like, "Well, it's not a slave. You can't just turn it on, have it do what you want, and turn it off." And the answer is, "Well, yeah, you can." Right. It's just a machine. He's not so upset. The robot has has taken on Frank. Yes, basically. Well, and Frank's also kind of manipulating circumstances anyway, too. Oh sure, and it is his reliable friend. I mean, it's a, right. Yeah. And yeah. he says they have it out, and he says, "Well, he's my friend." <laughs> right. So she agrees to turn the robot back on, but it's making the point that Frank has come to rely on this robot. Right. Then they, then that night he sneaks out, I guess, and they rob Jake the douche. They do that in a montage. It's sort of a montage explaining what they're doing while they're doing it in the simultaneously. I'm gonna do it in a montage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it even uses the fact that like there's a safe that like. There's only, like, there's so many combinations, and Robot can just go and run through all of them. <laughs> so it's not only, not only is now Robot just helping, Robot is actually a partner, a full-fledged partner in this. Yeah, he's enabling a lot of these <laughs> He's crimes. enabling this. One point before they go over there, he says, uh, he's laying out their plan, he says, what would be a crime not to do? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which, I, I like that line. Yeah, yeah. It's too, they deserve it, you know. It's too easy. So they get away. They do it. Get away. This is a scene where, like, Douche and his wife show up. And they're acting like they're in like a Calvin Klein perfume commercial, which somehow felt appropriate to me because I felt like some people do live their lives if they're in that, you know? Yeah. A lot of generated drama. Right, right. And even the way they behave is very, I don't know how you put it, because it's like, you know, you're acting like a child. If I just outside of here, chose you all, I want. (laughs) The way they think French people act. Right. (laughs) It's like it's an imitation. I would even go so far as to argue. It's sort of like the robot's a simulation. These guys are simulations of sophisticated people. Whoa. Huh? You were blowing uh, my mind. Right I'm blowing here. 
their a lot of their behavior reminds me of yeah, they're actors, but it's also kind of like I know people in real life. You probably know people in real life who I feel like stop putting forth the face so often, stop portraying a role so much, and just kind of be a person. But some people can never do that. Yeah, that's deep. I think it's kind of a <laughs> hmm. What do you mean by that? Your big hero six hating. I get it. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. <laughs> May not have added to the human art collective. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm so sick of you talking about the human art collective. You would be. Uh, so, one of the things I think makes a good movie is that the people in it are <laughs> recognizable personalities. Yes, yes. Like, hey, I've met that guy before. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that's true. So You can they, get a lot done with shorthand. Like, a lot of times people, like, will try to really create, like, really complicated characters, but really all you gotta do is create a little bit of shorthand, and if you get the right tone behind it, it works really well. Because you're right, like, Jake the Douche is in this for ten minutes, maybe, total. Yeah. And he's a solid character. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't come across as fake to me. I mean, he's fake, but, like, intentionally fake. You know what I mean? Right. They use his time well. Right. right. He says yeah. the right lines. He does. Like, okay, I know who this guy is. I know his motivation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And moving on. Then there's... uh, They've successfully stolen some jewels. (laughs) Some expensive jewels from Jake the Nerd's house. Right. And then then, um, Robot is like suggesting it's time to erase his memory, to reformat his memory. Yeah. Because it's the only real evidence. It's one of the strongest evidences against him because the jewels are too hot to move. And uh, Frank is like... And this is where I think, again, this is overt metaphor. I mean, if you want to even say that. Where he's like... You know, I don't, he's like, I'm not going to erase your memory. And he's like, I don't care if my memory's erased. And he goes, don't talk about, talk about how you don't exist. It's making me uncomfortable. Because it really is the same way. I'm like, as a human, is your memory slowly draining out of you? The difference is, of course, the machine doesn't care. Right, he keeps saying, you know, I'm not alive. Right. But it's still, I mean, you can see that as, especially because he's come to rely on it. But also, it's it's not something easy to do. Because you're, again, by erasing robot, you're erasing yourself and your experiences with him in a weird way. You know, it's like. If if everyone you know disappears and then you disappear, well, what's left of you? You know, it's it's a weird, that's deep, man. <laughs> yeah. And in the future, maybe you don't have to erase your memories. That's true. Or, or let them fade away. That's true. We can we can remember that time I bought a coke. Stuff them under a robot. Remember that time in 2015 when I bought that coke, man. Recording it was adequate daily life. Ooh, that second Coke on Ooh. Thursday the 5th. <laughs> that was a mistake. <laughs> was it what, uh, Easy A? One of my favorite lines in Easy A's where it's like, the teacher's like, what is it with your generation recording every single thing they do all the time? <laughs> Mike stopped at the store to buy a Coke Zero. Uh, it was her first real movie that she broke out. She says like... Emma Stone? Yeah, she's like, Mike, a Coke Zero, that's scam or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that idea. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if, like, they could just preserve some of my memories, but most of them are just pretty generic. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mankind really needs... Mankind needs my thoughts on, like, uh, uh, why uh, 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 robots will not destroy Mankind and why Dinobots are awesome, but it doesn't need my thoughts about my memories, about that really good taco I had today. Sure. Really good. On the one hand, sure, but on the other hand, those are might not necessarily be for the world. <laughs> right? They're just... Maybe helpers for you to remember things. <laughs> if you say so. 
So if you go somewhere scenic and you take a bunch of pictures, yeah. and there, there are people who will say, well, you're just staring into your camera. Why don't you put that down and look at the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the vista? Well, that's just jerks. Right. But on the other hand, I, mean, yeah. I can look at this later and say, oh, I remember right. doing this. <laughs> it's a, no, yeah. I, I don't mind chronicling the right. things that seem you know well, unusual or... Um, in the Grapes of Wrath, and we get literary for a second, Grapes oh, of Wrath, there's a section about like how the people who move away from the Dust Bowl, like in order to travel, they have to get rid of all their objects and sell as much as they can. And they're actually selling their memories because when you get rid of old photos, you're not, yeah, people are like, it's just a photo, except it's like you look at it and you remember. And if you don't look at it, you slowly stop remembering it. So that one of the, the tragedies of the, of the Jodes and all the people that are traveling to California is they're not just uprooting their house, they're uprooting their memories. Yeah. That's deep, man. That's Steinbeck. I think he was a good writer. I'm going to go on record. <laughs> I think he has some interesting things to say. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, you should check him out. <laughs> Have you heard of this Homer? Man. I've heard some. It's a little stilted. But this is really say? good stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> check it out. There's this really, I don't know who wrote it. Nobody knows who wrote it. There's some fan fiction called Beowulf. Amazing. <laughs> We'll start a, a sister podcast, Scott and Lee's Save the Classics. Save the, <laughs> the Obscures. <laughs> a day we talk about Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> All right, where were we? So they, they steal the stuff. <laughs> and uh, the robot has mentioned a couple of times that he should have his memory wiped. <laughs> right. Because he can be used as evidence. <laughs> right. By the way, there's also a little short scene where they arm wrestle for a little bit. Which I mostly like <laughs> where Frank and Robot arm wrestle because it all goes back to over the top. <laughs> and I would like to argue that uh, while Robot and Frank's relationship is pretty solid, it's not as good as Stallone and David... Was it David You Mendenhall? don't even remember his name. David Mendenhall? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. But still, any movie with arm wrestling is better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good scene. So the sheriff comes by. <laughs> with Jake the Nerd in tow. Yes. And I don't know why Jake's always like with the cops. <laughs> it seems a little... <laughs> doesn't seem like that's a standard procedure. But Jake's in there being accusatory. And this is the part where I kind of think he was going a little over the top. A little bit. But, yeah. you know, I can see that, though, even though, I mean, you might think he's over the top, I also think he's kind of a douche. He likes to think no he's above everybody. <laughs> um, and also, but there's really is this sort of thing about, like, how dare this older man make a fool of me? His own ego. Yeah. Um, his, his pride's been hurt. Right. Because the, the sergeant or sheriff or whoever is pulling a Columbo because he's acting like, oh, yeah, Frank, you know, let's be a consultant or whatever. He's just being like really like nonchalant, like he doesn't suspect. Right. But When Frank is the only suspect. Right. When Frank is really the most likely suspect. And he really puts it together when at one point a glass gets knocked off and, the, and Robot catches it. So he knows Robot has the fine motor skills to be able to help Frank pull off jobs yeah. that would be hard to do. And he caught that like a robot. That's I'm right. convinced that this robot was an actual robot. I, you know what? I'm not going to distract. I'm not going to get in your way. I'd like to believe it was a robot too. You know what else? I'm also convinced that Julia Roberts was really a Tinkerbell fairy in, in Hook. Pretty much. You know what? You know what? They really did have Transformers for those movies. Listen, I listen think they really cloned dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm going to believe in it. William Shatter really did make out with a green chick, not a green chick with makeup. Let's dream, Scott. Let's dream. <laughs> Done with you. <laughs> uh, 
So there's also the the van, like there's a van parked, like obviously parked out. And I, again, that's that's intentional. That's to goad him into making a mistake. Oh sure. Yeah. So he starts destroying evidence immediately. Right. <laughs> he calls up Hunter. That's right. <laughs> or uh, he has the robot call Hunter yeah. and say that he's dying. He's dying. <laughs> um, and he, he really has a clever plan for using <laughs> forcing using the police's it. hand. Right. He pretends. Although he doesn't really he hasn't thought it through. Because <laughs> to be fair, though, the robot still has not had his memory. Right. Well, but that's the last thing he really has trouble with. I mean, again, when you're, it's kind of tough when you're your friend, but when you're, you know, again, you're dealing with your memory loss. It's a big step, you know. So yeah, he Hunter comes in and he gives Hunter the satchel and he says, "Get rid of this, hide it." And Hunter, of course, knows like what's up, and he's like, "Oh, don't don't look into it. Don't don't worry. I just want to go clean." <laughs> and Hunter is kind of conflicted, and he. He uh, walks out and puts it in the trunk, and immediately the cops pull up. It's a little overkill, I think, that not only does the van pull up, but the uh, <laughs> the, the cops with the sirens and everything, and then like even have their guns out. And the, yeah. the detectives are like, "Oh, come on, guys, come on, cut, cut it out. <laughs> this is not this. This is not that kind of case. This is not violent crime. This is a burglary." Yeah, calm down. He's white. <laughs> yeah, calm down. He's he's helping an old man get rid of. Cat burglary evidence. <laughs> this isn't this isn't Breaking Bad. This isn't The Wire. <laughs> great great show of restraint for the police yeah. in, the f- in the near future. <laughs> and uh, they open up the bag, and it's just full of it's the stuff he stole from the, yeah, the bath and body yeah. shop. <laughs> so they go and search his house, and they don't find anything. But somebody stumbles upon the idea. I think it's Jake. Right, I'm searching the robots. Hey, memory. let's let's dump the robots' memory. Um, so this is the part where uh, Jake's like poking at the robot, saying, "I know how to do this." He <laughs> clearly does it. <laughs> I don't know why anybody's taking his word for it, but the robot says, "Self-destruct sequence initiated." Yeah, that's right. Starts counting down from ten, <laughs> and uh, and Frank runs out, <laughs> and uh, the 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 son Hunter's the only one who's like, "Well, that's clearly it's just him just goofing around." Right. But the other people, I mean, you know, <laughs> they run out. <laughs> This is the only part, and this is only going to take... I mean, it's fine, because I'm accepting it if I were the movie, but, like, so Frank drives by with the car and drives out back and picks up the robot. But he didn't tell the robot to go out back. The robot just seemed to know. Uh, I can buy that. I can buy it, fine. It's not It's not a deal-breaker, but it is... It and, their, is. and their capers, the robot's uh, <laughs> sophisticated enough to start determining, you know, how Frank That's right. That's true. That's true. You, you've sold me. Once again, <laughs> you've saved the movie. It's a real robot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. It did that on its own. You know, it improved. I'm not saying the robot acted all the parts. I, I'm saying that they used it. a robot to walk around it. and catch stuff. I get it. <laughs> they they had the first robot actor. You hipster. <laughs> it's, it's actually Scott. If I if I can share it with you, it's because I can't dream anymore. I I just don't have it. I I wish I could. I wish I could have your child like one. <laughs> She could dream of I, I assume you're going back home tonight and uh, writing your your uh, journal, dear journal. I saw the robot. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna write a letter. You're gonna be like, dear robot, I loved you in this movie. <laughs> My friend Alex is a butthead. <laughs> Please bring me a new bicycle. <laughs> bring me a new bicycle, and also come over and kill everyone who doesn't believe in you, Mister Robot. <laughs> Sincerely, your biggest friend, Scott. Is that so hard to say? No. I, I believe it. I believe it. Uh, so, yeah. So, they, they drive back and they drive to the library. 
Because he doesn't know what else to do. I mean, he's in his pajamas. Frank, yeah. not the robot. Right. <laughs> well, right. So they go to the library, and I think Frank starts having another like mental episode. Well, he, he has it when he starts noticing the photographs when he's talking to... Uh, Oh yeah, because he starts and we start seeing it too. It's really good, well shot because it it, it doesn't it does it like the camera's panning over, so we get to see it at the same time. Right. We're making the realization. Thinking, at the those same people time. look awfully familiar, right? It's like why does she have those pictures on? The... And there's little hints. Like at one point, she she, she says Hunter. Even this like the first or second scene she has, she says Hunter, and you might think, oh well, she mentioned to son, but it's kind of it's if you in retrospect, it's because right. it's their son. Right, there are a couple of hints that yeah. were subtle enough that yeah. you miss them, or most people miss them. Yeah, yeah. Which they should be. You because... definitely miss them. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it <laughs> <laughs> And they should be subtle because it's not, in this case, it's not even cheating because he doesn't have the memory of it, so you portray it as the memory yeah. he doesn't have. And so, yeah, he has an episode, and she's just like, well, you always, you know, I moved back, you forgot. Yeah, so the librarian is his ex-wife. Right, and it's a tender moment. It's tough, man. It's a it's a poignant moment. I have to give him a movie. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a it's it's like and he plays it well. They play it well. Where it's kind of like that gulf between them that they can't cross. Right. He's starting to come to terms with yeah um, something's wrong. Right. I mean, he's always at first we're just like, well, there's this woman he likes, but it's 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 deeper than that. He just doesn't realize it because he can't. Yeah. And you realize the kind of the the torture in a way that she's going through too. I mean, because again, like any of these memory situations, and that's. That's a tough thing to handle. I mean, I think that's maybe maybe why this movie is can be difficult too, because we all a lot of people know people who go through this kind of thing, and it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's more difficult in a lot of ways than like like you watch somebody getting blown up, and like okay, people get blown up, <laughs> but to watch somebody fading away, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. To start losing themselves it can be harder than uh, seeing somebody die. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's a it's a weird thing. Yeah, you know, life, life. <laughs> Life is weird, yo. Life's rough. So after that, he's kind of shaken. Right. And that's where he starts heading back to the house. Right, because he, he's kind of had his... He just walks back to the house, even though... And he starts thinking about... Like, he's kind of... He's almost forgotten all the stuff. Right. Because he starts thinking, oh, we're going to do another job, <laughs> we're going to read, we're going to... And and they get to the house, and of course, the cops are still there. <laughs> they didn't expect him to come back. <laughs> so he gets in the house, locks the door. <laughs> he just runs in the house. Right, locks, locks the, the door. door. <laughs> and they're trying to get in. And so he's basically got to have that moment where he's got to decide to reformat the robot's memory. The robot's like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Right. And he decides to do it. Robot says again, I'm not a real person. And you, you might argue this is the moment, uh, and this is, I just, it just occurred to me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being freaking pretentious or whatever. This is the moment of his acceptance of his condition. Because it's the moment he, he's willing to erase robot's memory and accept in the yeah, sense that there's, there's, that moment, and it's like, because it's it's very quietly done, where he just pushes the button and turns the robot off, and the robot falls into his arms, which again is pretty. I mean, it's just a machine, but it's a very poignant moment because it's not just about the robot; it's about his relationship with the robot and also his relationship with his own memory. Right, his old self. I'm not this movie more like talk about it. As <laughs> <laughs> you add layers onto this, as I add layers onto this cake that I assume are there, but even though they're not, I like. It. <laughs> They don't have to be intended. It only matters that you think they were there. That's right. All right. So that's um, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, they show him he's moved into some kind of home. Yeah, assisted living memory pretty, home. Pretty nice assisted living place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but they show him having a, a happy day. I, and I didn't like the scene. I realized I didn't like the scene as much because I didn't care for the music, that sort of generic like, <laughs> classical music they used. <laughs> That's fair. I found it a little distracting and silly. Otherwise, it's a nice scene. It's like without words, it's just them eating yeah. lunch and talking to each other. And, and he heads back to his room and he sees a robot and then he just walks off. Right. And I think, like you were saying, that him turning the robot off represents him kind of accepting his, his place, his condition. So I think that's why he doesn't, at the end of the movie, he doesn't have a robot. <laughs> right. Well, he's kind of proven he's not really safe with a wife. <laughs> well, that might be it, too. Because. <laughs> but they never caught him. <laughs> that's true. They never caught him. <laughs> so that's Robot and Frank. And I do think this one's a little unnecessary, too. Uh, there's also one element I find unnecessary. Uh, I know why they probably included it, but it's like he slips his son a note about where to find like the jewels and stuff. I I, I don't know if that's necessary. In a way, I would like it if he didn't do it, because now it's like I get it. It's 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 like well, his son's not going to probably take those jewels and sell them. It's not who his son is. They wanted to tell you where he hid the jewels. I guess, but they could have just shown this something. I think that's why you're right. But yeah, it's kind of like again, not a deal breaker, but it just kind of I think it muddies the ending. Maybe that's why I don't like the ending. There's little things that I think muddy the ending. They maybe could have done it in like a different shot, mm. but I think this was an indie movie, so they may have just been... Right, right. It's cheaper for us to... And it's, not, it's not a killer. It. It's not a killer. Yeah. It's not necessary at all, but they tell us where the jewels were. But to be fair, a lot of people would want to know. Sure. You know. And I think you're right. They might have just... Because they didn't show them. They just showed the tomato plants, and I'm just like... Yeah, it's you, the same shot. Yeah, plants. so it's weird. But other than that... I mean, there's a lot of elements I like about this movie, and I think it is sort of an interesting about technology, not in a weird way. Makes you think. Makes you think. <laughs> I haven't thought this much about a movie with robots since Transformers 2. Wow. When I thought, this movie's not very good. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> why am I watching like, this? Why, is this? why are there so many penis jokes in this movie? <laughs> Robots, robots have genitalia? Apparently in Jerry Bruckheimer's universe of robots, they do. I'm like, there's a lot more genitalia jokes in this Transformers movie than I would expect. <laughs> I'm expecting at the most, like, three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but see, it's a metaphor. Oh. <laughs> that movie. Yeah, and I kind of like Transformers, uh, off the topic a little bit, I like Transformers 1 okay. I didn't think it was perfect, but I think it was okay, it was decent. But I think the other ones just kept getting weirder and weirder and stupider and stupider. Transformers 1 was borderline. And borderline! Then, There's some bad direction just... in it, and some bad, like, comedy in it. The characters are, like, the Transformers I thought were pretty interesting. I don't like the design, but they still worked well, and I enjoyed the battle sequences in the sense that the character's, like, personality was integrated. Whereas, like, the second one ends with that stupid big battle of everyone just running up and getting shot, which is like, hey, that Transformer I don't know shot that Transformer I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, you realize it's like, it's really uninteresting to watch people I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they immediately started going downhill. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, the reason I enjoy, like, characters fighting is I know who they are. It's not fun to watch Wolverine kill, like, 15 guys. It's fun to watch Wolverine fight, like, one guy who's good. <laughs> It'd be fun to watch Wolverine kill 15 guys. I guess, but you know, when you do that for 20 minutes, you gotta you gotta pull back a little bit. <laughs> Maybe not for 20 minutes. Right. And uh where we at? Oh, okay. So good movie. After we talked about it, I like it more, so I think you won me over even more. Alright. Well, I liked it quite a bit from the start. There you go. Because <laughs> it's got robots. <laughs> well, it does have a real robot. A real robot. <laughs> and it makes you think. <laughs> Here's the thing, it does have a real robot in it, but that robot is Susan Sarandon. 
twist. <laughs> if we'd watched the end of the credits, she would have taken. That's the right. <laughs> and it, screamed in the camera. You watch the end of the credits. Frank goes to nap, and everybody around him takes off their faces and they're robots. <laughs> the real twist is he's the only man left alive. Call us Hollywood. <laughs> the robot and Frank extended cut. Robot on Frank two. Omega Man. <laughs> robot and Frank two. I am robot. <laughs> uh, uh, so I guess that's it. That's uh, it. Any thoughts on the last thoughts? I mean, that's I was the show. Good. It's pretty good. I've, we just spent a long time talking I about know. how good this movie was, so I don't, okay. I don't have any follow-up to that. Uh, <laughs> so next week, we will. next time, we will do uh, episode 7, uh, Constantine, uh, the Keanu Reeves movie, which gets a lot of indifference and hate, mainly because it's not much like the comic, but I think it's like the comic in a lot of important ways, and who cares? It's a good movie. Yeah, it's got Keanu Reeves in it. How bad yeah, it could be? It's a good movie, and I love, and I love the, I think it's got a really solid grasp of its fantasy world. Yeah, I don't remember it standing out a lot, but uh, after we we see it again, well, maybe I'll have a different opinion. Maybe I'll win you over like you won me over for a while, Frank. Until then, he's Scott. He's Lee. And we just saved a movie. <laughs>